podcast. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Hope your bike ride, uh, hope your gym session, hope your walking dog is going well. Just wanna say May 5th, uh, upcoming soon, May 5th, I am dropping a very, very, very big project. Please check out all my social media, specifically Twitter and Instagram where I'm pontificating, previewing, flirting, but I'll put it this way. Please make sure you go to GaryVaynerchuk.com and read the article about crypto wallets. Make sure that you have a MetaMask with at least one Ethereum, one ETH in your wallet uh, because this project is 100% built to make sure my OG community benefits from and I will be spending the next 45 years to make sure that the investment you've made into the project is a fruitful one, not to mention the way I actually built it, what comes along with the NFT. So hope you uh, hope you check that out. Um, please be prepared. May 5th, uh, if you don't if you don't have a half an ETH, you know, aka a thousand bucks, like start selling things in your basement, start selling some other things. May 5th, I'm telling you. This is the Gary V audio experience. Gary V, how are you, man? Thanks for coming. I'm well, Maddie. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Awesome. So like the NFT industry is blowing up. Everything is going crazy. Um, I want to get into it. But before that, I always like to start with the story, the, you know, the culture. Like where did you come from? A lot of people know your story. But where did you come from? How did it start? How did you get here? Yeah, not to belabor a story I'd like to tell a lot. So, you know, Russia, you know, Soviet immigrant came to the U.S., Queens, Dover, Edison, New Jersey, very East Coast kid. Grew up very entrepreneurial, very pop culture collectible, you know, work ethic kid. Lemonade stands, you know, um, shoveling snow, washing cars, but then very into comic books, toys, um, Star Wars, wrestling, GI Joe, Transformers, Thundercats, GoBots, Smurfs, Snorks, Get Along Gang, Max Hedrum, Alf, Punky Brewster, and and then really made a living as a teenager selling sports cards and then also being a arbitrage kid right buy something at a closeout for a dollar go to a flea market sell it for four got dragged into my dad's liquor store took a lot of those skills and became very passionate knowledgeable about the wine business had an incredible 15-year career um uh in the wine business uh building one of the e-commerce uh one of the big e-commerce wine retail stores in america um launched winelibrary.com in 1997 and, um, and really built a big business for my dad. Um, and really, really am proud of that. And then kind of in my early to mid thirties decided to get into web 2.0 very heavily. So, you know, I, I launched, you know, for me, NFTs is really 3.0. 1.0 was 95, 96. Well, I'm like, oh, this internet thing's gonna be great. <clears throat> um, MySpace, Friendster, YouTube, then Twitter, Facebook became 2.0 for me, where I became Gary Vee, the wine guy, not just a kid that built a big business um, in the wine business through e-commerce. And then, I, and I, that's how I feel about NFTs. It's a 3.0 for me. I feel like this is, um, uh, you know, a new, a new era for me. You know, it's funny. I never thought of myself as a speaker, an author, a personality. I was 30. I was past my 30th birthday, Maddie, when I made my first piece of internet content. So the whole Gary- What was it? 
it was episode one of Wine Library TV. Nice. <laughs> what, what, what's interesting about this, as I'm doodling away here in the midst of my project, obviously there's investor Gary and I'll invest in platforms and in art, but creator Gary, these doodles I'm making, this is much more natural to me than personality Gary. I've been a doodler mm. and a drawer and a, kind of like a character creator my whole life. Um, obviously I did it a ton as a kid. As I became a liquor store owner, I, there was less opportunity for it. But something I don't talk a lot about is when I was 14 to 18, one of the biggest reasons my dad valued me was because I made all the signs for the store on paper and Sharpie and would literally right. make the signs like Kendall Jackson Chardonnay, 899 cross out 699. But I was creative. It wasn't just the words. I would draw a little wine glass. I would draw a turkey for Thanksgiving by the Beaujolais. And I would use, ironically, Sharpies, which is why I think right. I'm good at it right now because I made tens of thousands of signs for my dad's liquor store. And that's, you know, it's fun because Web 2.0 brought out something in me that I didn't know. NFTs is bringing out something in me that I know better about myself, but the world knows very little unless you're a hardcore Gary V nut and watched every daily V and, and weekly V and see it in little moments where I draw in the in the, the dew of a window or if I'm in meetings. Um, so uh, that's my story. Cool, man. That's very rich. <clears throat> I can't, I didn't know the uh, doodling culture was just so rich, <laughs> uh, the history of it. But I can't imagine how big the NFT aha moment was for you because it looks like the industry was created for the collectors, the investors, the flippers, the people that went to school and, you know, bought and sold things and loved arbitrage. First of all, what is it about arbitrage or flipping something and making that $10 profit in between that you love so much? Because that's something I have as well. And I just can't explain it. Um, and secondly, it's how, the, how because the aha moment? It was the thrill. Of the, it's the thrill of, do you see something other people's don't? Mm. You know, I've, you know, I've, I was raised in a manner where, you know, money was a source of roof over the head, food. You know, I'm, you know, I think you know this about me probably because we've, especially lately, really enjoyed interacting with each other. Like I'm not in it for the Rolex or the Corvette or it mm. just, you know, I don't, I don't like stuff, but I love the game. And like, does my brain see something? And you know, go, I keep going back to garage sales more than sports cards. Let me tell you why, Matty. NFTs are gonna be a lot of eye of the beholder art. Even, even when there's things like Pokemon, there'll probably be multiple projects, different, you know, and I was great at garage selling pre-eBay in the 90s, because I would see a Mork and Mindy or Happy Days thing, and I could see it. There was no value yet. eBay hadn't come out yet. But I just knew the pop culture reference of it. You know, the, a board, I was big on board games, for example. You know, like the, the, I, those would be lunch boxes. I remember buying a ton of lunch boxes. I ended up being very right about this. Metal lunch boxes ended up being good. You know, wow. I just understood nostalgia, you know, and, and so I like storytelling and I love all this stuff. And yeah, I mean, you're right. For me, you, it, this is crazy. I mean, this is not a joke, Maddie. The second I had my aha moment. So the ahas started in the winter of 19. You know, it's funny. In 2016, Aaron Battalion 
really educated me in a hotel room at South by Southwest about Ethereum and I bought Ethereum. Nice. And I really believed in it. I was like, okay, this Bitcoin thing, because I bought Bitcoin two years earlier, that, that may be the thing. But I remember thinking, but it might not be. You know, like who knows which currency wins. Obviously it did go on to kind of win. To win. But I remember thinking, even if it does, this Ethereum thing's really interesting because it's not just, it's not current. And I'm not really a financier. I actually don't really, like I didn't go into the ICO altcoin universe because I don't like it. Not that I don't think it's important. Not that I don't think it's profound. Not that I don't think it's interesting. I have never bought a yen to trade it for a Euro. I've never been interested in that. But buying a tchotchka and flipping it, buying a sports, you know, buying a, trading in all my sports cards for comic books and toys in late high school, that was a huge arbitrage. I was a baseball card dealer for seven years. I started going to card shows and I'm like, I don't like the vibe. It feels like there's less people here. I don't like the vibe. And then I'm like, this comic book culture is blowing up. Comic, you know, like I'm like, so I, you know, so I traded in all my sports cards for comics and toys. And I ended up being right, by the way, cards collapsed a year later and comics and toys went up. And so, you know, I'm good at that game. I feel it, I feel the masses. And so the, 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 it always has been in the back of my mind. I've, I've been aware-ish. The fall and winter, I started smelling some stuff. You know, I spoke to Roham in July about NBA Top Shot. I was like, that's interesting, you know, like, and so I was just like, there's something brewing. And then I had the luxury of December and January, last week of December, first week of January to be off because I was still navigating Vayner X through the troubles of COVID. You know, people, I think a lot of people don't realize that I'm the active CEO of a 1500 person global marketing organization. And I mean active. Like I'm more operational than most CEOs to begin with, let alone what I think people perceive, which is I'm Gary Vee and I'm a mascot and other people run the business. I run the business. And so I didn't have the time to dig in, but then I did in December, January. And the aha moment was like January 3rd, 4th, 5th. Like it was like, oh shit. Yeah. You know, and then I started- Was it any, any specific product or any, any like moment you remember? I remember any- Kevin Rose, the you know, incredible- internet cultural guy, founder of dig.com, um, hit me up and he's, I must either said something or he saw something or he just ran, I don't remember. I'll go look back at my IMs. Um, but um, he's like, what do you think about this CryptoPunks thing? And I was like, and I was like, I'm not sure about that. Like, I didn't really know about it. Um, and that was, I think in December. Uh, and I just started, reading everything and five hours later, I'm like, fuck, this is like the OG Ethereum project. Oh, what, CR, this and 721 and 20, I'm like, this is fucking rad. Digging, digging, digging. And then and then a month later when I was like, oh shit, this is a hundred, this is, this is gonna happen. I started thinking, and then I started spending a few more minutes on it. I was like, okay, here's my gut feeling. This is gonna happen like the internet happened in 95. But oh shit, Top Shot's doing well. These punks are gonna pop off. Everybody's gonna start an NFT project in the summer. I remember saying that it's been the spring instead. And, and there's probably gonna be a huge bubble like ICOs and like internet stocks in 2000. So, but I wanna play because I don't wanna just sit and think for three years. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let me buy punks because I feel like this is something that makes me understand. Like I under, and you know this. One of our first interactions, you know, on social on a DM or something was that when I was like, "How do you? I know you've been around this stuff, but I'm telling you know, like and it was like fun, right? And like I, I really, I think, you know, let me take this moment before I forget because I get into a flow. I think you're, vo- you're just a very good voice for this space. I see your tweets coming through, and I think, you know, I think we, I think probably the way we've connected probably intuitively quickly with each other is I think we see a lot of things similarly is my intuition based at least on when you're tweeting. Like, I think that the space is going to be all time, but that mm-hmm. um, many, many, many of the current projects, this exact second are incredibly vulnerable to being terrible investments, call it beanie mm-hmm. babies, call it pets.com, whatever you want to call it. That doesn't take away from the macro NFT moment. Definitely. But it definitely, um, it definitely uh, uh, is concerning. Um, but I am, for example, the project I'm building, the way I'm thinking about the smart contracts, the access, the community, the things I'm doing, I'm thinking about this as a 45 year project. So even if- so That was my question next. There's all these NFT projects. You said, you know, they may kind of pop off. They may go to nothing, they may turn to dust. So what's the longevity plan? What's, what's the X factor that keeps them relevant? What do you think, I think it's they're the, not doing I- right? I think that it's the underlining smart contract. I think there'll be too much supply of the art, but I think the logic underneath it, the rea- the utility, the community, the access that IP and influencers and celebrities and humans mm-hmm. and craftsmen and influencers um, and humans, the underlining value they bring underneath their token mm-hmm. has incredible long-term ramifications. And I think, you'll see in the next 18 months, people get dramatically more educated and the projects that are gonna come out are gonna be far more thoughtful. Mm-hmm. I think NFTs will come to mean a lot more than what we see right now. And I think it's, you know, it's NFT so is, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a technology layer, right? It's like, correct. it's a token first. It's not an art correct. piece. It's not a collective, right. it's a token first. It's, um, it's, and that token, whether that's a membership to a club or that's a VIP access rope, or if that's a ticket, What's cool, what's cool is that becomes, um, uh, uh, give me one second, I apologize. Um, that becomes a secondary derivative in a very powerful way. For example, sporting events tickets or concert tickets, right? Bob Dylan's most famous concert. I'm not a Bob Dylan enthusiast nor uh you know, understander of his collectible market. However, I have a very good feeling that a ticket stub from one of his most iconic or most iconic conferences currently sells on eBay for a certain price. I'm fascinated that most of those tickets are gone. There, it's very, you know, it's hard to connect. You know what I'm looking for, Maddie? That in 22 years, I meet someone new and I look at their public wallet which will be as common as looking up someone on Google or their Instagram account. And I'm going to make a connection point with a new friend or acquaintance and be like, Oh my God, we were both in Wimbledon in 2025. Yeah. You know, like just like, I don't think people understand the social currency, the human psychology. This is going to digitalize things that people have been doing forever. I love when people are like, this is so stupid. I'm like, you know what else is stupid? People that buy 900 little, elephants from all around the world 
and have it displayed in their fucking living room. Why is that? <laughs> people like, collect. People collect back matchboxes. <laughs> matchboxes. Like you know what else is fucking stupid? That you bought keychains <clears throat> from every country you ever went to. That's fucking stupid. Comma. No, it's not. That's why hundreds of thousands of fucking people do it. Mm-hmm. Or magnets. Here's the, differ- right? here's the difference. That's right. Or magnets. But here's the difference. If there's only 913 rare magnet from New Zealand's great rugby, da, 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 right now, the 913 people that own that have no connection to each other. This is going to create community under collectability in a way we've never seen. Why does everybody go to Comic-Con and love each other immediately? Why do I feel warm if I go to a Star Trek convention? Because these are people that enjoy the same thing that I do. Well, that feeling is now gonna be on scale authentically, non-touchable, no fraud, in ledger form, and all the technologies that are gonna be built on top of it to display that, to create closed communities around it, hasn't even started. Do you understand that I'm sitting here with obsession of thinking everything I'm gonna do for the next 50 years to make sure that everybody who buys any of my tokens when I drop it, not only makes a fortune as an investment, but has a lifetime of memories. Mm-hmm. I think that's the key, right? It's the longevity plan. It's the creators that are seeing these NFTs as not just an art piece, but a, a thing to continuously add value to. And I think a couple of really good examples stand out is when Justin Blau dropped his art pieces and then you could use that NFT as a token to enter his club in Decentraland. And it was like this club with unreleased music and you know this was a special thing when he said that i was like oh crap i want i want one now right and also mark cuban dropping nfts and saying hey i'll do a 30 second shout out powerful you get mark cuban to talk about what you want by buying this nft um there was something for tens of thousands of dollars and he can continuously add value to those nfts that's the that's the key for 10 20 30 50 years that's the biggest key the nft has unlimited utility and i think correct and no one gets that and the people and organizations that try to bring more value to the audience than the short-term economics for themselves. Maddie, I have no clue what my launch is gonna do. I really don't. I don't have a fucking clue. I'm gonna Dutch auction. I'm even scared for manipulation, so I'm Dutch auctioning, right? I don't know what's gonna happen. But let me make you a promise on one of the more important podcasts in this community, in my opinion. When I know what happened, when it's all said and done, that kind of initial, if that's a dollar or if it's a billion dollars, I'm gonna spend my life making sure that that's going to be a multiplier for every person that touch it instead of what I'm seeing right now where a lot of humans take a quick bag and go to sleep. There are Mm -hmm. fucking humans that are famous right now who just made hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars selling an NFT and have literally moved on. That's the problem, right? Think that it was a good deal for humans on the other side Mm. bought a digital asset of them, by the way, usually, which is ridiculous. And that's it. And celebrating it. And I, you know, I'm even, I'm I'm just listening to, you know, I'm doing quick, I'm so fucking busy, but like every second I get nine minutes to go into a room on Clubhouse, people are celebrating this. And I'm like, what about the people that are sitting with the bag? I'm very glad that you millionaire have made more money and listen, I'm not anti-entrepreneurship, so let's let there be no confusion with my tone right now. Go make 47 trillion. If you fucking did the things that led to that, you did that. So I'm about that. But I'm worried that somebody bought 
a picture of someone for $100,000 cuz I already know once every person has a picture of them in the next 2 years that the supply and demand yeah. of that asset is going to not be 200,000 it's probably going to be $97 Maddie especially yeah there's, there's like thousands of celebrities sports players there's Everyone not a celebrity something. on earth or influencer on earth on earth right now that hasn't talked to their management or their brains, whoever that is, whether that's themselves or people around them about NFTs. There's not one that exists that hasn't done it. Yeah, it's huge, man. But you know what the cool thing is, Gary? And this is a cool, like an NFT special is that you can sell NFTs and then people can forget about the project. And then three years later, they can dig it back up again. And suddenly those NFTs have value. So these well, look, NFTs I haven't that bought, are sold, I, right? Dude, I haven't bought... Yeah, there's so, it, I love you for saying that. Like I'm desperately, desperately, desperately trying to get my ass together and spend four hours on Mooncats, right? <laughs> like I haven't bought any, I think somebody gift, I, I always love saying everything cause I was I'm scared that people are like you, you know, I believe, uh, yeah, I'm at, somebody gifted me one. My brother AJ gave him one of my wallets to send one. So that means I own one. I've never bought one, but that was cool as shit. I was, I've been busy the last month, so I didn't really like, it seems, maybe you can correct me here, because again, you know, just too much information, too much going on in my life, but it seems like it was this like lost project, quote unquote, and seems like it's very early, 2007, I mean, 17, 18, it sounds like 18, if I remember, um, and it's cool. I'm excited about it. I'm definitely, definitely, definitely hoping that I get my shit together and I'm able to go buy some. Interesting, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Because I definitely like the 17, 18 projects. I definitely like them. I don't know yeah. how many there are. I don't, I'm, I'm wondering if there's any other lost ones. I think, so this is an interesting thing. I wanted to make some sort of a timeline and someone Please. made one actually of like the projects and their launches on blockchain, like when they actually hit blockchain because then we can have a timeline as to when all of these came online. I'd love online. to look at it. Can you can I think you there is a that? website. I'll send it to you after. Yeah, I will. Please, I really, really uh, want to see that. So anyway, I because, like that. I, I like those projects. And to your point, I'll give you an example. If I, Gary Vaynerchuk, was in 2007, saw NFTs the exact same way, I would have launched this project. The difference is I would have had 4,000 people in the wine world give a shit, mm. right? But then as my next 14 years kind of progressed, you know, like when I started Daily V and had it kind of five years ago, another, let's, I would call it another pop, Somebody would have been like, oh shit, I'm going back and buying those. Those are only 0.3 ETH. And then as my career progressed, and I think to your point, like one of my favorite, this is why I tell people to buy shit they like. It's like music. See art, think collectible too, that's fine. And money, like that's fine. I'm never gonna poo-poo that. I hate when people are like, this should just be art. I'm like, well, that's not fair. You yeah, get to tell people that they're not allowed, that's not fair. But I'm so excited about somebody finding a project they like, 0.01 ETH or, or Wax or Flow, you know, I'm not, I'm agnostic. It's all gonna end up in one place. Um, yeah. And can you imagine, you're like, oh, these are just fresh fucking logos. You buy for that. And then nine years later, that person becomes Virgil Abloh or Banksy and it pops. There's gonna be some fucking cool shit. Yeah. Which is why I think a very good strategy for anybody who's listening is buy shit that speaks to you because if it speaks to you, it may speak to others. 
And eventually this is gonna be everywhere and it's not just gonna be certain voices, whales or people with audiences that are gonna, it's like the masses will take over which projects matter. Mm -hmm. And I think, so- I think right now is the most riskiest because right now people are listening to those influencers. They're listening Correct. to people with an audience, whether, whether we want them to listen or not. And that's why it's Daddy. so risky. And I, I, I like how you clarified Daddy. that you were given a moon cut. Moon cat, not bought one because well, that's important. It's, I don't know if you've watched how I've moved the last two months. I'm petrified to say anything because I'm not, a, I don't know if I did that right now, everyone's so on tilt that even though I have literally, and I think you know this, in every single interview podcast said 99% are gonna fail, be careful. The macro is unbelievable all time. The micro, even that, Anytime I even begin to flirt with a statement about something, shill, you're manipulating the market. Like, you know, mm. you're in a really shitty spot if you have an audience. Yeah. I can't even speak to things that I think I like. I'm also scared in the other direction. For example, art blocks, right? People love, like, I don't like art. Like, art, I like characters. I like, you know, I don't mm. like Jackson Pollock. I like Andy Warhol, right? Like, I like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pop culture. So I'm even scared to like say things I'm not as in love with that people are really hot on because I'm just scared mm. that somebody may take that the wrong way. And then like, I couldn't live with myself if the next day the thing's down 25% and people, <laughs> there's so much thoughtfulness. And I think people are not being thoughtful. And so I'm trying to be thoughtful because I want to look back at how I navigated these unprecedented times with pride. And so that's, that has a lot to do with the way I'm thinking about things, Maddie. Yeah, you know what's the scary thing and the scary factor that we have to take into account, and sometimes we can't do anything about it, is blockchain, man. Blockchain allows money to transfer like this. If someone has a decision that they want to make, you tweet something or I tweet something or anyone tweets something that says a word, boom, you can click a button and you can buy one. Money transfers that quickly. It's not a credit card. Um, and a lot of this money is, is, is kind of money that people have made and 10x over the last you know, six months. And so there's a community here that are playing with house money in the sense of there's so much extra money they have Correct. that they've made. And then there's a community here with hard earned cash trying to get involved. Correct. Right? One is splurging to experiment. One is trying to invest and trying to take it seriously and trying to be very diplomatic, but it's difficult because it's such a, there's so much, there's so much intersect of everything crazy right now. Another question, and, and this kind Please. of puts me into the next question is how do you, navigate through the fear and a bit of uncertainty and i think a lot of new creators coming into this space it's a bit overwhelming because i remember putting out some tweets and saying you know it's a good time to build your social media it's a good time to do this and then a good time to do that but there's so much happening how do you do you have any advice for anyone that are a bit fearful of the the rapid change of everything and how do they take take part in this if it's moving too fast right i want to define how you view give me a scenario with fear because i i I'm obsessed with the concept of fear. I mm-hmm. think it's a perspective vulnerability that doesn't need to be there. So for example, fear. Uh, let me give you how I heard the question and clarify for me another example, if you don't mind. You wanna invest in something, but there's so much going on, you're not sure if you're blockchain, and then you learn that the media could like disappear, like every day, right? Mm-hmm. Play with money you can afford to lose when things are in this moment. If there's a person listening or watching right now that is putting money into NFTs, that if it goes to zero, would disproportionately change their life, they are making a monstrous 
catastrophic mistake. During these innovative times that are very wild, wild west, very pirate ship, just very murky waters, very exciting. I mean, this is, you know, for, you know, for, I'm sure for you and I, this is exciting. This is the thrill to hunt. Like there's a lot, not a penny. Will I put into NFT affect, if it all goes to zero, affect my responsibilities. And I think that everybody should do that. And whether that's a million dollars for the incredibly well off and accomplished, or whether that's $13 and 19 cents, play with money that you can lose, buy things that you like. And if you're going to invest, cause you don't like it, but you think it's gonna make money, do 30, 50 hours mm-hmm. of homework. Each project. <laughs> Each, 30 to 50 hours of homework. So I think you can get the overall sense of NFTs. Yeah. To your point of each project, pattern recognition, it's so much easier now. Mm. Like Mooncats took me an hour and three minutes, right? Versus yeah. took me three days, right? Like you got to, yeah. you know, once you get the foundations down. That's it, true. That's Right? True. You start understanding. Yeah, yeah. You start to see what's important, especially once you have some experience and you see some money come back, some money go up or, or whatever. Um, good, good, uh, good advice there, man. Thank some, you. some, what's some skills you think that would help people in this new age? Because uh, it's moving that. so fast, man. It's it's everything's intersecting. I just as feel a, like as a creator or as an investor, as a collector, as a. I'm gonna say I'm going to say as a create creator because as an okay. investor, we and I know it's a hard question to ask you because i'm not no, sure if you are actually, a creator actually i you know listen one of the things do you rock you mind getting a couple of pieces i'd love to show i'll let maddie when are you planning on uh airing this money me uh you're doing, you're doing audio so we won't have to show this video until after so i'll, I'll be doing audio and video is that cool you, on yes can you blur this out yeah cool so like these things that i'm drawing right mm-hmm you know, and obviously I've been putting some of these on social, so it's not even that big of a deal. Anyway, nonetheless, yeah. um, you don't need to blur it out. I just realized. Uh, I forgot I've been sure? sharing. But yeah, I'm positive. Thank you, though. Um, I uh, have a huge recommendation for creators. One of the things I realized is in 95, I saw the internet. I wasn't a tech kid. I launched a website immediately. I had to get my hands dirty. In 2006, mm-hmm. I saw social media, personal brand. I had never aspired to be an author, an actor, a personality, never gave a speech in my life. What did I do? Jumped right in and became a creator. NFTs, Mm -hmm. like I can understand it intellectually from an investment and a businessman standpoint. If I'm going to be really of it, I got, I got ink on my hands, right? (laughs) So I'm, I'm, I'm a creator and I have, I have a huge recommendation. Make what you love and make your project about the audience. If you can, it's so simple. Make, don't listen to somebody that says, oh, characters do better than images or colors do better than black and white or, or other IP remixes are better than your, fuck all that. If you're a creative, create. Maddie, almost everything I've done, people told me I was wrong. Gary, you can't be a public speaker if you curse. You know how much I was told that? Right, Gary, people like lighting and audio. My first thousand episodes of Wine Library TV, I wasn't even mic'd. Poor D-Rock mm. had a fight for like three months to even get me mic'd. I film shit with the wrong lighting all the time. I have raccoon eyes, I look like shit. I don't give a fuck. I make what I want. No second take, no this, you know what I mean? 
And it's worked for me because it's me. By the way, if you're the reverse, lighting's gotta be on point. Do it 16 takes. Do you, because there is no rules from a creative standpoint. B, and more importantly, in my opinion, think about the other person. Think about the person who's going to buy it. Now, for example, if you're like, fuck you, Gary, I'm not even worried about economics. I'm an artist and I want the person to enjoy it. Great. Good news. Doesn't sound like you have to overthink your contracts, right? You basically, at its most basic level, does the person get the physical? It, are you even making a physical? Are you just doing digital? Sounds like all you have to do is figure out your royalty. Like, right? But if you're worried about them, do you want your royalty to be 1% instead of the 10%? Or do you want to do 20% because you don't think the 10% pseudo standard that's emerging is right? I'm going to do a bunch of my tokens that are going to give a percentage to charity. Like, you know, do things on the other side and you can run the gamut. For me, I think of the art as the last piece, even though I know a lot of my characters are going to speak to people and some are going to buy just for the character. A lot of the real unveiling, which is not the imaging, but like everything I'm actually doing that will be here soon enough. I'm aiming officially to be- I'm, wait. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm aiming for May 5th. I may not hit it. A lot of tech, building a lot of stuff. Um, but I'm incredibly excited about everything I'm doing on that front. And I'm spending pretty much all my time on the contract part. So just do you and do you and do them, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a that last sentence is really important because it's like, how do you think, in my view, and what really kind of helped me a lot as being an entrepreneur was to think how much more value can I give than take, right? Like how can this value okay. share be more beneficial for the person on the other side than it is for me? And when this, as soon as I did that and I started to just continue to give more value than I got, I was like, oh, wow, this, it just makes so much sense. I understand how business continues or long longevity is continuing. And that's why like projects like yours or projects that, that continue to compound utility to NFTs make so much sense because they click, right? It's an ability for us to continue to do that. So for artists, like you said, you know, can I give a physical with this? How can someone benefit with my art? What can I do to help them? Obviously not doing it to a point of stress, but just keeping it in mind. This. I see it. That's what I, this is my life. My life is 5149. I'm not a hundred zero. I'm not out here trying to be a Buddha. I'm a businessman. I love it. I love the game. It's who I am. I'm an entrepreneur and I'm proud of it. But I think I can give 51% of the value to the other person because I know what to do with my 49. That's a good way to put it. And I really like it. And I think that, you know, when I die, that last day, if I know it's happening, I'm going to feel really good because I think I really have figured out something and I'm a young man now and I hope to continue this conversation for 50 years that there's good ways to do things that selfish selfless works mm -hmm. and to me if you can be 51% selfless and 49% selfish there's something real powerful there and you clearly click that clicked for you somewhere along the way and for me too and it has been the message out of my mouth and I I it's why Business is beautiful to me. There's bad versions of everything. There's shit teachers, there's shit cops, there's shit politicians, there's shit mothers. And so that means there's shit businessmen and women. But if you really look, there's such a truth to the marketplace, to the brand, that the brands that win are giving 51 to 49. 
True. That is true, man. That is true. Couple last questions. What would your advice be um, for? I know this is hard, but what would your advice be for someone with a thousand dollars compared to someone with a million dollars in terms of investing? For me, if you're a thousand dollars, you're definitely thinking about the lower gas fee projects, right? Because it's kind of like devastating to pay the gas fee mm-hmm. on an Ethereum project. So wax, flow, some other, right? That's one thing yep. to keep in mind. Um, a million bucks, I think you go to where we talked about 17, 18 projects or, and listen, I want to be one of those guys. My, my biggest hope, Maddie, honestly, is that my project is referenced for what is done well in 2022. That's my big, if you ask me a selfish goal, that is actually very selfless, is that mine goes so well that it stops everyone in their tracks and says, oh, wait a minute, let's go back to the back cave. We gotta think this, and the lab, we gotta think through our shit. Who gives a fuck if we're making a sparkly version of it? Like this, we need to like really think. And I think, I think if you've got a million, you're looking at OG projects, because they'll always be OG. Everyone talks about provenance, well guess what? And documentation and ledging, there you go. That timeline <laughs> fucking matters. For example, <laughs> you said that timeline. I'm gonna when you send it to me, and I'm gonna bug you in an hour if you don't send it to me. That's how excited I am. I'm about it. It I'll you, tell you why. Way. You're gonna love this. I immediately thought about the first thing. I said, I wonder what the fifth official Ethereum project is because for me, the number five is everything. It's my jam. It's why I put up my hand like this in photos. Interesting. Yeah. So my mom knitted me this sweater. I got a whole thing to it, right? Anyway, I'm literally curious. If there's going to be, you know, and I know some of this is going to be, whoever put that together, there's a lot of hard work. You never, there might be a lost mm-hmm. project, but I'm immediately going to look at whatever's considered the fifth project and like probably dig into it for several hours. Be like, okay, I want to get behind, you know? Yeah, so, no, it's really cool. So I think if you've got a million OG projects or if Pokemon comes out in six months, which is an incredible IP, if Star Wars comes out, incredible IP, if Disney comes out, incredible IP, if Marvel comes out, incredible IP, and they do it well. This is why I want the 30 to 50 hours of education. You and I will DM each other or text each other the second one of those four projects launches their real, real one. Mm-hmm. And we'll both chat of like, did they do it well? Like, do we like it? And I may think Pokemon's better than Harry Potter IP, but if Harry Potter structures its economy and smart contract ecosystem, in a dramatically better way than Pokemon did, I may actually go into Potter, not Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Got it? Got it, man. I hope oh, Pokemon does it right. Like I, that's my. I, I hope Pokemon does it right too. Because you know what's interesting, Gary? Please. I think um, because we're, it's such a uh, a phase where we're, we're all learning, right? Even these big IPs are learning. If they do do it wrong, and then somewhere along the right. Uh, along the way one year later they're like oh okay maybe we should re-release with this proper strategy i wonder if because it's going to be a 20 30 50 year thing now digital assets i wonder if that first release will become more important uh, or a more or, collectible or, thing so this is less like the whole or, game right or less important or you know like or what was official i mean there's a lot of people that are putting out very very kind of like amateur projects with good ip right now mm-hmm. and we've seen That's that true. through the years like we, you know there's been there's, I think people are more concerned to be example. first than, than right. What's that, brother? I think people are more concerned about being first I'll, than being properly I agree. structured. And let me give you a comp in sports cards. There are cards that are made that are not considered the rookie card that are years earlier than the rookie card because one of them was done better by a better company. Right. 
right? So there's a, there's a company called Star Cards okay. that made basketball cards. Akeem Olajuwon, Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, Carl Malone, John Stockton, all have cards made in 83, 84, 85, 86, before Fleer 86 came out. Stockton was 88 by the time he had his rookie card. Now, that brand star got fucked up because there was a big counterfeit issue with it. Back to mm -hmm. funny, ha ha ha, here we are with the blockchain, right? But also, even in, when it was less of the counterfeit issue when I was in the game in the 90s, they were rare, but still not more important than the Fleer. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I could see somebody going with a company launching through them, but then changing its chain and doing it direct. Like, there's a lot to your point that's about to happen. And I'm mm -hmm. excited about it. And I'm excited about it because I've got 30 years of experience, 40 years actually, <laughs> Jesus. No, 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 30 years, 30 plus years of experience around understanding collectibles, how people work. And I'm, uh, I'm excited about that. Awesome, man. Last question. Please. What is some of your, because uh, you just have so much experience and this is like your place, right? collectability, collecting, what are some, some key cultural things or parts of the economy that are important for people to keep an eye on? So history, age, and all that sort of stuff. But you, you know, you got some. History, age, of course, but scarcity, math matters. But let me tell you where everybody gets fucked up, Maddie. People struggle with demand. Supply is binary. There are 1,000 of these. But they struggle with demand. You know, I, I'm very bullish on Michael Jordan's rookie card the PSA 10, there's 317 of them. Sometimes my friends are like, Gary, but there's 317 of them. I'm like, yes, but do you know how many people want that card? Mm. They're like, yeah, but there's only 18 of this one. I'm like, yes, but that's not Michael Jordan. So I would tell you the number one thing I can tell you, Maddie, that everyone misses, and I see it happening in NFT, is demand. They, you know why they struggle with demand, Maddie? Because demand is something you have to feel. Mm-hmm. There's no formula to it? Well, there's going to be some formulas to it. For example, if this, it seems like Discord culture for projects is real. So you could go into a Discord of a project you stumble upon and see 400,000 people on that Discord. I have a funny feeling a smart man like you is going to be like, fuck. <laughs> so there will be some, but, it's, but, it's, but it'll never be real, no matter how many people, because yeah. there'll be too many people that are not part of Demand is misunderstood. It's my great gift. It's why I was good at selling wine. It's why I'm good at most things. Demand <laughs> is an emotional intelligence. Supply is a mathematical understanding. So the number one thing that everyone's missing is how good are you at tasting, smelling, mm -hmm. feeling, hearing demand, which means you're leaning into emotional intelligence, which mm -hmm. most people mm -hmm. haven't advanced on yet. Yeah, good points, man. Interesting. Yeah, I, um, I've got a couple of tools that I use for demand specifically. One of them is going into new discords and just checking out the new members consistently for 100%. before the project, during the project, even two months after the project, are people continuously coming in and also sales feeds. For example, yep. how much I'm selling every day uh, before, during and after. Three months later, is it still selling? Uh, and, and again, you're right, man. Emotionally, and the culture and the people, it's hard to kind of get a sense of that. And I see you jumping into discords and I think that's what you're doing. <laughs> yes, but you know what's funny? I've never, to your point and kudos to you and I'm glad you brought it up. I've done less math work. And I think there's a lot of ways to your point to do math around mm -hmm. demand. I've always felt that 
that's the commodity. I can always get that information. It's, are you in the dirt, in the trenches, in the culture, in it? to understand it's coming. Because what you're talking about is things you can see that have happened. Mm-hmm. What I'm spending all my time on is knowing tomorrow's gonna be the day that that Discord doubles in size. And by the time right. you see that post game, I've moved. Predicting. Predicting. Yeah. On pulse. Yeah. Cool, man. That requires listening, by the way, on the record. Yeah. <laughs> I always laugh when everyone's like, this guy's such a fucking loud mouth. I'm like, if they understood how much more listening I do than talking, they'd shit their fucking pants. <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks for the chat. Has, it has been an honor. I've been waiting for this for a while, me but uh, your, your you. knowledge and your shares and your, your tips are always, rec- uh, I, I always read them because I know you come from a heavy collecting background and this is at least for the time being a very collector heavy space. So again, come, Gary- but, I'm gonna, but Maddie, I'm going to say something else. I will believe my history of success in NFT will be more that I was a great community builder for 15 years around Gary V than that I am a great collector. I think both ingredients are gonna mean that mm. I'm going to the moon, but, but, and I appreciate you saying that, but I will tell you right now on the record, cause I wanna see how it plays out in 15 years. It was my knowledge of how communities are built because I am one of the humans on earth that lived the last 15 years in influencer land, who I would argue has done it as well as anybody, mainly because I don't have a lot of the things that work for other people. I don't have shocking beauty. I don't have a television or movie platform to get awareness. Everything I've built has been brick by brick by brick from the dirt of very niche things, starting with little wine community to business, you know, and piece by piece by piece by piece. Entrepreneurship was in years. Yeah. And look where I am in my career, right? Like I understand there's people that don't love me because of my aggressive communication. That's fine, but I've done it. And I think my understanding of what it takes to build a community and an economy of currency around humanity and people and human dynamics and the companies I've invested in, like there's a lot of ingredients that I understand that I think lends itself to this space, which is why I'm so deep, including my favorite part about me that I wish more people did, which is I'm willing to get my hands dirty and get in. Mm-hmm. That's a tough part, right? Because people don't want to do that. They want to just hear some news, read a blog post, and then, uh, yeah, make a decision. And invest, but I think, you know, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And to me, it's, it's also the other thing I'm proud of, and I did it in Web 2.0, and I'm, I did it in the wine business. I'm doing it right this second in the meta. I also like to pay homage to the people that laid down the foundation. You know, when I used to pay homage and like be respectful and visit people, I wasn't bringing them much as a kid. Today, this... You're gonna, you know, you're gonna get a lot more listens on your podcast. I'm gonna share this. So now I'm in this incredible place. You know, I used to always fear getting older because I was a whiz kid. It was my identity. And I didn't realize how great this is. Now I carry a big stick. So now what now I'm gonna be able to, I have the humility to go, you know, I don't come into this space saying, okay, um, and here comes all the Cubans and Shmoo, like who gives a fuck about the OGs? I'm the reverse. I wanna kiss the rings of the OGs. And now that I have the platform to be able to do things that give them more exposure, fuck me. I can't wait to be 90 now. As we end today's podcast, I want to give a huge shout out to the people. You know, it's so funny. People that leave 
reviews and written reviews of this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all the other platforms just mean the world to me. You've taken an extra 13 to 95 seconds to show love and also give context to people of why this is a worthwhile podcast. So I appreciate that so much. And even more fun, because uh, I think we all love a little cosign or a shout out or a little awareness. Uh, I'm gonna have the team give a couple of shout outs uh, daily on uh, our favorite reviews. So take it away, which were our favorites this week? Thanks, Gary. Today's amazing five-star review comes from Galileo Get Out, and it reads, Audio hot sauce. I put Gary on everything. While I eat, while I exercise, in the morning and right before bed. Anywhere, anytime. He helps add flavor to my day. Thank you so much for that amazing review. And to anybody listening out there, if you leave us one, you might just get shouted out in the next episode.